0: Welcome to another episode of Build Better Brands. Today I am joined by Alexis Kingsbury and Alexis runs software and consulting businesses that help leaders grow their business and their teams with less stress. Um, Alexis is a bit of a, a long-term entrepreneur and he scaled several, several businesses um, and helped them to systemize and help them grow. So um, I know that Alexis is going to give you, the listener, lots of value today. So welcome to the show, Alexis.
1: Thank you very much. No, no pressure, eh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> None at all. Um, so obviously you've been involved in helping businesses to to scale and grow but using systems um, how long have you been doing that
1: yeah so I uh, I've been help working with businesses and helping them to to grow and, and systemize and improve their processes essentially for I think 15 years now maybe in fact probably longer because my background was as a management consultant working uh, initially with some kind of medium-sized businesses and then Uh, I worked with very large businesses, including companies like AstraZeneca and Honda and parts of the UK government and and so on, essentially helping them to optimize their processes and be able to achieve more with either uh, the same or less resource, sadly, in some cases. Uh, But uh, when I then left uh, the consulting world to, to set up my own businesses, initially a consultancy, and then... A uh, uh, so, uh, software business, and then uh, another software business. <laughs> I've I've basically had to over the over the years kind of take everything that I learned, completely unlearn it, <laughs> because because I what I one of the first things I learned is that a lot of what you do for very large companies doesn't immediately apply for small. And in fact, one of the big things is that often in large businesses, they've spent a long time learning and then doing what works and so often what you're documenting is essentially what we already know works but you're just trying to find slightly better ways or more efficient ways of achieving that that goal or improving the quality slightly whereas i almost had to unlearn that when then building my own businesses because actually as a startup entrepreneur you don't know what works and actually if you document too early it can sort of force your hand a little bit or make you tempted to assume that what you're doing is absolutely right and will always get the results and that's not always the case <laughs> so, so i have to unlearn that uh, and instead be a bit more entrepreneurial and uh, try different ways of doing things with marketing and sales and building the product and all these sorts of things managing people uh, until we've got processes that work and then I had to rebring all of that knowledge around how to build processes so that I could scale, so that I could delegate and, and build the team. And so over the following years, I then uh, built uh, SpiderGap, which is our first software business, which is a tool that helps uh, organizations uh, to support their employees with their personal development by providing uh, it's a three sixty degree feedback tool, essentially collecting feedback from the manager, their peers, direct reports, uh, to help the individual to to prioritise their personal development. Um, but we essentially build we built that team uh, over over a few years as we as we grew, and ha- and to be able to do that, you need to be able to document your processes and and so on. So. So yeah, so I've been doing it for quite a few years, and it's only recently that I've kind of returned to, or I say recently, within the last two or three years, that I've returned to helping other businesses with their processes and, and doing that. But uh, uh, with a bit of a, a wider range of businesses that we've worked with, uh, because we've, we've kind of worked out how that we can help even small businesses to document their processes and onboarding as interactive checklists that enable them to, to scale and to grow and so on uh, without the stress. Uh, which I couldn't have done back under the model that I was doing back when I was a management consultant, <laughs> Tried it with customers paying hundreds of thousands or even millions to uh, the wow. consulting firm that I was part of. Uh, that just wouldn't work for most most businesses <laughs> that, that, that that we work with today.
0: Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So you've um, you've gosh, I've, I was trying to count when you were going through the the businesses. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't keep up um but yeah I mean that's I suppose that that's part and parcel of of being an an entrepreneur isn't it it's it's trying lots of different things seeing what works you know having lots of different ideas that you try some work some don't work so much um which is often you know it's there's a bit of a, a recurring theme there with entrepreneurs um so I mean what do you think entrepreneurs should Really know before they think about starting a business. Yeah, I think
1: uh, I and I've I've been I've been victim and fallen into the trap myself uh, a a number of times. It's funny you said I lost you lost count of the number (laughs) of businesses. Uh, and and actually I think I think I've lost count of, number <laughs> of businesses I think technically last I think last time I counted it was eight and then I've started a new one since then so I think it's nine okay. so I think I've done at various points in my life I think I've started up nine different businesses uh, but it's probably quite telling that of those nine I essentially have four still active or three still active and um, yeah and, and, and one where I've kind of and, and so on um but uh yeah certainly not all of them and in fact i'm probably missing something there <laughs> because the the process of building a business is an iterative one or at least it should be i think the temptation as a as an early stage entrepreneur and particularly the first time you have your first few businesses is to hold on to the concept of the idea that you have too tightly so you perhaps you have this amazing idea you're like oh why doesn't the world realize that you know we should all have springs in our shoes it would we'd be able to get to work so much faster and it's great exercise the the world should have springs you know we should have springs and shoes and i can't believe that no one's come up with this idea before so i'm going to create it and of course when you come up with this whatever whatever idea it is and you try and get to grips with what it is that's unique about it and and why people would want it the temptation is to hold the idea too firmly and as a result, when you're getting feedback where people go, I don't really understand why I would one springs in my shoes, the temptation is to be like, oh, well, they're not the right customer then. I'll try <laughs> somewhere else. And entrepreneurship is this really weird balance because you need perseverance. You need a, you know, a thick skin sometimes when you're getting rejections and, and when friends and family are questioning why you're pursuing this crazy idea. But on the flip side, you need to be able to listen and to change and, 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 to, and to pivot and iterate. But I think the, the trick is hold the solution uh, uh, loosely, but get really passionate and focused on the pain and the customer. If you're really clear on who you want to work with and the problems you want to solve for them based on real problems that they have, not problems you assume they have, then the solution itself matters a bit less. And instead you can pivot and change that to find what fits and helps them. And then when you've got that, you've got something magical that as a result can then, can then grow and turn into a, 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 a successful business. But I think that's the, the first step is getting really clear on who you want to work with and what's the pain points that you want to solve for those customers. And then just have loads of conversations with those customers to make sure that you understand their pain points better than they do.
0: yeah that's really good advice and it's something that I often have conversations with with my clients around when they it's very similar when they come and they speak to me about normally it's for visuals it's for logo the identity you know one of the first things I say is well why should people care about this product or service that you're you're selling there's a step before that that's really really important and And I think often that's why a lot of small businesses, you know, and startups uh, don't succeed because they don't necessarily focus enough on the person, you know, the people that they think too much about themselves. You know, it's their baby. It's what they want and and they forget about the audience and what they want.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And hilariously, uh, to some extent, my entire entrepreneurial journey <laughs> over the last 12 years uh, could be illustrate uh, could illustrate that point nicely, because essentially, to some extent, not fully, um, but to some extent, we created a, a software business and, and sought to build a, a software business because we felt like we didn't want to build a consulting business because that had been uh, our background as co-founders, myself and Paddy and so uh, we felt like yeah we don't want to build a consulting business because that's kind of trading time for money and you know we want to free ourselves and build an asset and- yeah <laughs> uh, and it's it's only now i really well in fact i'll come on to quite how much i've realized that <laughs> you totally build a consulting practice and, and an asset and there are various ways in which you can uh, take the money you earn and put it into other assets and so mm-hmm. on that, that mean you'd have to do it. but uh, it wasn't the only reason, but um, uh, it, it's funny because back then we focused so much on, okay, the thing that we want to create is a software business. And of course, that wasn't starting with a customer, target customer in mind. It wasn't starting with a pain. And so that was a very tricky few first years, whereas we would have accelerated that much faster had we started the other way around. Um, and interestingly, more recently, was with, with our most recent venture together, which is Air Manual, With that, we're much more focused on helping the uh, particular type of customer, which in the case of Air Manual is uh, business leaders who are looking to grow their team and reduce stress. They're looking to free up their time, reduce errors, uh, get new starters set up quickly. They're looking to empower their team to continuously improve. And you can see that that kind of constellation of pain points could be solved in so many different ways. There's so many different ways in which you could address that. But because we've got really focused on that pain point, it means that um, we've been able to explore different ways to, to, to tackle that problem. And so it's funny because when we when we started tackling that problem, we uh, developed Air Manual as this online tool for documenting processes and onboarding as interactive checklist so that any business owner could go, right, I've got this process, uh, Like let's, let's say, um, following up a customer that's uh, gone cold uh, or gone quiet. Okay, uh, I I need someone else to do this. I want to pass this to a VA or to to my sales team, whatever. I need to get this out of my head. So with Air Manual, they can just kind of document that as a a series of high-level steps, where appropriate. They can add detail. They can add screenshots. They can add videos. They can do whatever. Uh, And then that can be passed to another team member to use, who can then click use checklist and follow it step-by-step to make sure that they don't miss anything. Sounds great. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) We we agree. Here's the hilarious thing. We'd show that to business leaders and they, they would agree. They'd say, this is great. This is fantastic. It's easy to use. This is totally what I need in my business right now. Alexis, set me up with an account. And I would. And what do you think would happen two weeks later? they've done nothing, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and of course it's not because they don't see the value they see what needs to be done and they even believe in the return on investment they they know and we've got real examples from clients of literally within an hour or two have saved themselves hours per day just put through putting that investment in so it's it's not you know it's not like oh well it takes 12 hours to document and then you get that time back but it takes three months we've had clients who we've worked with and two hours has gotten three hours per day uh back so as a result it's like within 24 hours you're already getting return on that investment that time and they know that and yet they get stuck and so what was interesting the reason I, i mentioned it in relation to this is what we found was how do we help clients with that essentially by providing some gentle consulting (laughs) <laughs> providing a bit of consulting support in a really light format and doing that through a kind of done with you kind of process has been so powerful at getting some business owners, because it's not all business owners that didn't didn't take, you know, uh, get this, uh, get moving on this, but the ones that didn't, helping them through those first few steps, getting those first few processes or onboarding documented so that then they've got an example to work off and that they can continuously improve and that they can hand it over to teams. And that was so critical for making progress but the reason I mention it is because of course I started software businesses so I wouldn't build a consulting business <laughs> <laughs> and now I have consultants in my team where we sell <laughs> consulting right? Um, and and but but it's because we've held we've held the solution lightly in our hands while focusing on what's the real pain that we're solving
0: yeah it's funny it's ironic but it's kind of it's been essential, hasn't it, in order for you to be able, still be able to have a software business that, that does what you want it to do, which is to, to help customers, you know, streamline their processes and, and ultimately grow.
1: Yeah, and I think, it, and of course, over time, there's various things that we can we can put into the software to make it easier for people to to do it without some form of help and and so on. But ultimately, there'll always be a portion of our customers that that kind of need that support, want that support, or even just benefit from the speed of getting up and running faster. And so we worked out, okay, how do we make that model work for them? Yeah. But it's, It's funny, like the number of times we've had to iterate, you know, on other businesses uh, as well, like Spider Gap, for example, uh, is now a 360 degree feedback tool. But it didn't start off its life as that. Uh, It started as a much broader kind of survey tool for gap analysis, hence the name. And but then when we spoke to clients and found that we had one segment of clients who we thought were the ideal fit, sort of bemoaning spending a few hundred and then we had our other clients who we didn't think were the idea of fit, who were spending thousands and said, Yeah, this is too cheap. Wow. <laughs> and you go, Oh, oh okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe we need to pivot. <laughs> so, you know, and, and again, it's hard because, of course, that's an example where we had to make a switch on the idea on the customer segment. So, yeah, I mean, you got to take it all with a pinch of salt. Like, ever, you could just, as an entrepreneur, you do have to hold it gently and, and listen and have lots of conversations. And that's often one of the hardest things for entrepreneurs to do is go out there and have the conversations. But, uh, yeah, it's only through that that you can truly listen and iterate.
0: Yeah. You talk a lot about pivoting and, and often that's when, when brands and clients come to me, when, when they're thinking about pivoting and they realize that their, their current brand doesn't necessarily, reflect where they want to go and the space that they want to acquire um have you had to do many rebrands with your nine or so ever businesses through you know changing your mind about things or pivoting
1: yeah definitely we've had to do it a few, a few times <laughs> and it's all, always incredibly painful <laughs> to do so um but uh yeah i think uh it's and it's funny because spider gap is an example where the product and customer changed significantly. And yet when we reviewed it and looked at, you know, should we rebrand, should we choose these things? And we spoke to customers and they were actually like, yeah, you know what? I, I like that you've got this weird spider gap name that, you know, it does stand out from the usual suspects of HR solutions and so on. And so we kind of concluded, oh, okay, maybe this is fine. Because yeah. you can spend so much time on rethinking the names and all these sorts of things. Uh, but then, then there have been other businesses where I have, you know, we have changed the name, we have changed the branding fundamentally and so on. Uh, even with um, Air Manual, we sp- with Air Manual, we spent a long time on the name up front and getting really happy with that. But then even relatively, quickly after getting going get starting to get some traction we did a did a kind of rebranding around the design and how um how we looked and logo and look and feel but i think one of the um one of the most important things when you're looking at branding is that messaging it's what are the what's your description of the customer what's your description of the pains and frustrations that your customer has that you're solving for them and how do you succinctly describe what you do and go through a series of questions essentially to ask a custom, a potential customer to identify whether you're a good fit and then what you demonstrate to them to show them what life could be like if they worked with you. And I think one of the, uh, there's kind of two big challenges of that. The first is working all of that out and that's about iterative conversations, thinking about it, writing it down, go have some more conversations, then review that, edit it and so on. But then the second thing is then turning that into a, essentially a process or, you know, checklist that can then be passed to other members of the team so that, so that the entire concept and messaging of the business doesn't just reside in the business owner's head and that they can actually pass it to other people who can then explain to uh, potential customers what the benefits and, and, you know, can ask those questions. And it's interesting because we work with many business leaders now uh, and often one of the most common areas for business owners and early stage entrepreneurs that they need to let go of next is around sales. It'll be that they perhaps they're the only, they're essentially the only salesperson in the business, which means that when things get busy, the sales pipeline dries up and it fundamentally holds them back. And then, you know, if they start to go, Oh, well, I probably need to hire, but if I spend any time on hiring and onboarding and whatever, then I won't make sales and then there won't be the money. And if I bring in the salesperson, I then have to give them my sales work. And then what am I going to do? Um, and so often that's a bit of a, a barrier for people to to make that first leap. And yeah, I, I I myself had that same problem. But I think the way that we got over that, well, in fact, the mistake that most that, that myself and most entrepreneurs make with like hiring a salesperson is they assume that the answer is just to bring in a really experienced salesperson will come in and solve all their problems and uh we did that uh with uh, with the first salesperson we hired brought someone in that in the, their previous year had spent had uh, sold a, like a million pounds worth of a, qu- a similar software
0: Fine. and so we
1: expected them to just go out and do the same and yeah. that didn't happen and of a- of course what we realized was that that's because at their old job they would got a sales process and pipeline management and marketing and sales collateral and you know really clear set of questions and things to cover and so it wasn't until the next salesperson that we hired because we then unfortunately had to make this paper redundant and then rebuild slowly back again Mm -hmm. because that's the thing right it's like hiring is so expensive to do takes so much time and when you're making your first few, making a mistake like that basically cost you a year. And so uh, then the next time around that we did it, we documented, here's the sales process, here's how to have a discovery call with the customer, uh, and here's how to then convert them into a a paying customer and and so on. And here's the collateral use, and here's the pricing page and all these things. So that when we then hired a salesperson, it was funny because the next person that I brought in, they didn't have a sales background, but they were just, you know, I, we selected them based on really good communication, really enthusiastic and smart, uh, as in like, you know, quick thinking, not mm. how they dress. <laughs> um, but we, uh, you know, gave her then these tools and she did brilliantly. And suddenly this uh, whole new potential for growing the business existed. And since then, I mean, we hired that person on 20 hours a week. Next, uh, after that, I had two people uh, uh, on 20 hours a week, then two people on full time, then three people full time, four people four time, five people yeah. six times. uh and so and you know and, and grew from there but we wouldn't have been able to do that had we not got really clear for them on what's the the right sales process and, and so they can they can follow that and deliver the same results that that we were uh, that i was getting but the other benefit of doing that of course is it meant that when we brought them in i didn't have to spend two weeks spoon feeding her I was able to give her those documents and she was able to follow them and learn from them while I was continuing to have sales conversations. She could then shadow some of those whilst still learning and understanding why I was asking the questions I was asking and uh, during the sales calls and then very quickly passing that over. And we've got, I mean, that was, uh that was like over five years now uh or five six seven years ago uh, when i was kind of doing that whereas now when i've brought in new salespeople into our team uh they they typically take less than a week to get up and running and doing sales calls with customers and fully understand our products and services and i in total have to spend less than an hour with each of them in their first week which That's is just mind blowing in terms of <laughs> yeah. time freedom yeah. and the, the time i spend with them is so much more value adding so yeah. But it's such a hard thing to do when you're a business leader in those early days it's it's, it's funny I, I i remember speaking to someone before about uh, who tended to work with larger businesses and they were describing how each stage of business, like getting from 10 million revenue to 100 million is kind of just a math, maths problem. It's about how quickly you grow and whatever. Getting from 1 million to 10 million, that's kind of a management problem. It's, it's working out you know, what products and so on. Getting from zero to 1 million is basically impossible. <laughs> and it's, it's that early <laughs> stage that's just so, you know, can feel so difficult when you're, uh, you're in it um to uh to come kind of do it. But it is totally worth it. And yeah. it just takes a lot of learning from others that have gone through that process, right? Which is why yeah. your podcast is is so powerful in helping people really understand the the power of building the brand as part of that.
0: Thank you. No, and and that's such such good advice and it's it's interesting because I having when I started my business I was very much okay I know how to do the design side but I don't know how to do the sales side, I've, I've never done this before and you realise how difficult it is and one of the first things my business coach told me to do was start to document my processes and for someone that's not process focused, that isn't very analytical and doesn't really, um, isn't a huge fan of numbers and data just because my mind's doesn't really work that way, I'm about creativity and and options and ideas and things. You know the thought of that was like, Are you kidding me? I've got, to, <laughs> I've got <to laughs> document I couldn't think of anything else you know more um more boring if if I'm totally honest, but I listened to him because he's he's my business coach, and one of the first things I started to do was I, um, I started to um, document my email sequences when I am onboarding clients yeah. and during the proposal phase. So when we've had a chat and I've put proposal together, you know, the next sort of set of emails to check in if, if I've not heard anything and, and so on. And the amount of time doing that has saved me Because I realised that every single time I was emailing somebody, I was saying something slightly different, typing it all out again. And you kind of go, yeah, this isn't... I understand I'm trying to be personable, but it really isn't necessary for me to write out a whole email completely differently. When I'm saying exactly the same thing and it's about, you know, I've been here before, if I just do a generic template document it okay this is what you send when someone reaches out this is what you send if i reply it just makes everything so much easier and i've seen the benefit for me as as someone that's ultimately um a solo you know business owner Mm -hmm. but works with other individuals and partners for certain aspects of, of the design phase it's helped me enormously to save time to get clear on what i do to tweet things, if I think you know, maybe I've not got the response that I was looking for. Do I need do I need to tweak mm. an aspect of that email? Do I need to send it at a different time? You know, all of those things just help help everything. So um, I'm I'm all for processes and documenting it. I've realised how important it is.
1: Yeah, I love that, and and it, it's funny because as as you say, like in that in that uh, in those examples essentially it's kind of uh, as you say solopreneur uh, doing it on your own and yet the value is still there for a number of reasons one uh, because it saves you time when you're following the process um, but two because of the continuous improvement and i i think that's so valuable like little changes little tweaks over time add up to huge shifts in the results that you get you know if, if every sales conversation you had was just a slightly you know slight one slight improvement or whatever or a slight improvement in your marketing and so on those things over years add up to be incredible shifts like it can be like double your sales conversion double your marketing conversion. it's crazy and yet with you if you don't document it and you don't continuously like realize oh actually i could have done this slightly better i just made this it. if you don't do that then you just kind of play groundhog day you play the same thing every year and you never improve your results. Whereas when you're able to go, oh, actually, yeah, you know what, I'm just gonna tweak this little email template because I was thinking, actually, I should really relate it back to the customer's pain points that they had early on as part of the sales process. So I'll just add a little thing in here that yeah. links that back in. I think that'll increase the likelihood that they then take action on the next step, or actually I'm gonna put a little uh, link to my calendar in here so that, and, and encourage them to, to book in the call. Like those little things where you go, oh, you know, that would be nice you can put it in and then it means that forever, <laughs> it never gets forgotten. Yeah, um, And absolutely. of course, you know, we believe passionately in, in about helping the rest of your team to do that too. And even in, in a case where you might not have employees, but you have contractors that you work with, giving them the ability to uh, improve what they're doing and improving the communication between you as well. Like making sure that, uh, let's say that you've got a virtual assistant who helps with sending invoices the first time that you identify, ah, oh, you know what? Yeah. We forgot to apply the VAT correctly or the customer wanted there was some additional information on the invoice or whatever, like agreeing, Oh, with the VA. Yeah. Can you just add that as a step into the process or so make sure we get it? And I think doing those little changes over time add up to be a huge thing. And it, and it's funny cause you, you mentioned that, uh, creating processes was something that you hated the idea of like nothing could be more
0: boring no please don't make (laughs) yeah
1: and 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 it's funny because I think I think in our heads we build it up to be bigger than it is I think when we think of oh I need to document a process we think of it as I need to create like a hundred page guide for this you know one email campaign Whereas the reality is often that you just need to capture the five steps of the high level as a starting point. Like it's yeah. literally like, let's say it's send out campaign to promote webinar that you do. Okay. So what's the step? Well, the first step is, you know, identify the date. Step two, uh, copy the campaign in the marketing software. Step three, update all the dates in all the emails or update the date in the date field. Step four, it's like really high level. And that's quick. Yeah. Then you start using it and you start going, Ooh, actually there was a thing I missed that meant that I had a load of customers got the email twice. (laughs) So I'm just going to add in a little step here. That's like, make sure you haven't done this or make sure you change the tags or whatever it is. And, and so then over time you build it. And I think that makes it much easier and less scary when you know that the first time you do it, like, you know let's say the next time that you're going to write uh, set up that campaign it's like that is when i'm just going to quickly capture the five steps yeah. and in fact we even i think it even uh i have found for myself certainly but i've seen it for others where even doing that helps you be faster the first time because otherwise you sit there going have i remembered everything like you know, uh, I've done a few things across the of What was the next thing? Whereas actually starting out by saying, well, what's the five steps? What's the things that I need to do? I need to this, 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 this. Okay, great. Now I'll go through the process. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that's something that as, as business leaders and as entrepreneurs, we, we have to kind of own and do is, is not let ourselves off the hook or not, not build it up too much in our own heads as being this thing that oh, it would just take me too long to do this. I'll do it next time. And then, of <laughs> course you don't, but like, I'll do it next time.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, instead deciding, no, I'm going to be an organized business leader who uh, documents what I do. Once I, once I, once I know that this is what the right answer, not like the very first time you have a sales conversation, but like once I've decided, yeah, this is, this is what I'm doing. Uh, and uh it's going to be something I know I'm going to repeat in future as a result I will start by the high level steps I did this 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 and then I'll use that process every time I come to it so that over time I can continuously improvement improve it and one day hand it over to someone else to do the same yeah. and that's super powerful like the, the, the I've got to the extent now that for example with spider Gap. The time that I need to put in that that business is now um, less than half a day a week and my business partner, uh, even less than that. Um, And that's because we've been able to grow and and delegate and pass the, the business as usual activities to the team so that even rare things like having to process a refund because the customer selected the wrong VAT option at the point of checkout, like that might only come up once every three months or something. I don't have to do and therefore disturb my holiday or derail me from other things because it is documented and someone else can work it can see how to do it
0: yeah which must be very um you must breathe a sigh of relief um i know a lot of solo business owners that they um are men are about whether they need to take their laptop on holiday and if i if i'm away who's gonna look after things because they're at they're at that point where they want to be able to pass it on to somebody else, but they don't know, they don't quite know how to make it happen or when the right time is for that to happen. And often it comes down to, um, revenue, you know, can I afford to take someone on? Um, do you, have you had those sorts of conversations with people and, and if so, what do you say to them?
1: Absolutely. So we've, worked with a variety of businesses and a variety of situations, but the uh, one of the things that is perhaps the most emotional to see when we're working with entrepreneurs is those that are either feeling or approaching burnout or those ones where they haven't had holiday in a long time. I remember working with one particular uh, business owner where it was um, uh, a, a wife and husband visit who were partners and business partners and I remember when we first started working with them, they said that they hadn't taken the holiday in five years because they weren't able to be out of the business. And of course, the emotional t- and physical toll that that has is very significant. And I think the, uh, and, and for, we've worked with other business owners where they haven't even, and in that case, that even that team had actually got some employees, but we've worked with others where they have not been able to take people on and they feel because of revenue and so on. And I think the, the answer to that is, uh, firstly, to start off small. The aim when you're coming to document your business and, and reduce the stress of it and be able to hand it over is not to document the entire business end to end on day one. <laughs> Instead, you've got to start with a few areas. And, and typically the best places to start are the things that either cause the most pain or take up the most time, uh, or it would make sense to hand over to someone first. And just picking one, two, three as a starting point and saying, yeah, I'm going to document this is is a, is a worthwhile exercise because you start breaking the back of it and it gets easier and easier. I think in terms of for those that are struggling with at what point do I hire – Uh, there's a there's a uh, classic sort of exercise that you can do which essentially is to look at where are you spending your time currently look back over the last one two three weeks and really break it down and try and split the time that you've spent into kind of low medium and high value activities and then perhaps it's even useful to think about it as being the low value is like what are the things that uh, are sort of the 10 pound tasks they're things that are things that should probably be done by um, and literally anyone else. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like you don't pota- potentially, uh, you don't really need lots of skill to be able to do it. And it's not really adding value. It's not adding, it's not getting you sales. It's not even delivering to customers. It's normally kind of admin, uh, admin stuff. Then kind of what's the medium level? And then what's the high level? And repeat, that's an exercise that you can repeat on a regular basis because activities that, one time round are high value over time become lower and lower value. Mm. For example, early on, one of the most valuable things you can do is be prospecting and having sales calls. But as you build the business, that becomes a blocker, and actually, you need to be passing those to someone else. Which means that your higher value tasks might be more marketing related, or you know, in my case, perhaps speaking at an event with hundreds of business owners would be a high value added task. Whereas having a sales conversation might be a medium value task, or maybe that's even uh, getting lower, and and that would be something that I'd be making sure that I'm passing on to a member team. So it, it's not like all tasks fit into one of them. It's it's all relative, right? But if a, a business leader uh, does that on a regular basis, they will be able to look at where are the areas that I'm spending my time, which aren't adding a huge amount of value. Because if they can free up their time from those by perhaps passing them to a, a virtual assistant or contractor or a member of friends or family or you know employing someone, the, the whole point of doing that is to free them up for the high value tasks. Because if they're not doing you know hours on posting uh, scheduling their social media posts or sending out invoices or reconciling their bank accounts or whatever it is uh, or you know following up cold contacts instead they can they get more time to do high value tasks like doing marketing like uh, thinking strategically like developing new products or having sales conversations or engaging influencers or whatever it is that's at the top end of the business and to some extent the only way in which you can grow your revenue is to reduce the amount of time that you spend on the low value added tasks increase the amount of time you spend on the high value task and repeat that process over and over and over and over again <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's basically our jobs yes. <laughs> as, as, as entrepreneurs and business leaders
0: amazing really really valuable stuff um and clearly you've 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 learned a lot and there's been a lot of trial and error and 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 Ideas that have come and gone, but clearly it's it's working out. Is it safe to say it's working out okay now? Oh, definitely. It's <laughs>
1: it's n- never been a smooth road, <laughs> and it's one of those things that when I deliver a presentation or speak at one of these, uh, you know, speak speak to fantastic people such as yourself on a podcast or whatever. It's funny because, of course, then you get that um you get this weird kind of recognition thing where people say, "Oh, wow, you've achieved this great thing, you built this business," and da da da. da. But at our heart, we all feel that same imposter syndrome. We always look at it and go, Oh, but it took ages, or yeah. it wasn't as fast as I expected. Or, <laughs> Oh, you know, I know other business owners who have made bigger businesses or done it faster or whatever. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and I think we, most of us, like the same nice humanness, <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of feel that. And I, th- mm. I, and I think that's okay. And you've kind of got to lean into it and just accept the fact that that will always happen a bit. But the only, the only things that I found useful for kind of avoiding that are to just focus on the customer, focus on other people, not myself. What, am, what are we doing for others? Not what is it doing, it doing for me? That tends to force me to not worry too much about how we measure up and how fast things are and whatever, and just do that, which has been really, really useful. Um, and I think the other thing is to try and enjoy the journey or enjoy the process, yeah. <laughs> you know, because ultimately building a business has lots of little wins along the way and even the things that you'd expect to be big wins like the the first time that you hire an employee or the first time you hit a uh, hundred thousand in revenue the first time you hit a million in revenue or the first time you hit a hundred thousand profit whatever it is those seemingly massive milestones are usually accompanied with a new set of challenges and so like the excitement of hiring your first employee might swiftly be followed by the first time you have to fire someone (laughs) and so it's it's a bumpy road and you kind of have to just enjoy every little moment Mm. on the way because otherwise it's a it can be uh, quite a quite a stressful one but i think um By taking those little steps, by focusing on the value that you're adding rather than how you measure up, I think that really helps. But, yeah, I'd say on balance, I think I I feel really pleased with where we've got to. I feel proud of the fact that uh, my software businesses are now helping hundreds, indeed, over 500 organizations around the world, uh, helping tens of thousands of uh, employees uh, to to, uh, to. uh, develop and themselves and be more empowered and uh, enjoy work more and to grow and ultimately that's that's what we're all about is is delivering delivering that value and reducing the stress and helping people to grow and, and so on so ultimately i think i can only really use that as a as a true measurement um although the other i guess the other thing that i have really really enjoyed and more so than i expected to which is building a team I, I when I first started uh, and you know came from a consulting background etc. I hadn't hadn't managed a team before, and I was a bit terrified of it to be honest. <laughs> and in the early days, I was terrible at it, <laughs> so, so it wasn't it, it wasn't an irrational fear. I love your honesty, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it was only really by being terrible at it and then realizing that and changing how we did things and creating processes for how to have one-to-one conversations, how to do performance reviews, all these sort of things that enabled us to get really, really good at them. And now I, I'd, uh, my team would describe me as, and I have now come to accept that, I am a good manager <laughs> and and support the development of my team. And it's the most rewarding thing, you know, seeing people un- learn their own potential, like really good people, like a players that you bring into your organization are often the ones that aren't blowing their own trumpet. Um, And so you have to, you have to bear that in mind when you're going and looking out for talent, like using CVs and what people say they can do is a really risky way (laughs) of selecting the best talent. It's much better to ask questions that really seek to understand and and get them to demonstrate the kind of behaviors and, and skills that you're looking for. But because when you bring those people in, and explore their potential and uh, iteratively help them develop this the skills and uh, experiences that that take them towards their career goals yeah it's it's so rewarding and, and enjoyable and and amazing to see that kind of journey and people blossoming into roles and you know I've had people that have worked their way through the bottom of the organization to the top and yeah like it's it's funny even I remember even some of the conversation, the one-to-one conversation where they go uh this is a really weird question Alexis but like I'm kind of updating my career goal and I think the role I want to take is one of yours how do you feel about that <laughs> <laughs> and I'm basically that's great because yeah. I'm doing too, too many I am not precious about any of these roles which one even yeah in? <laughs> <laughs> and then going, oh, okay, so it's this one. Okay, let's let's explore what you'd need to be able to do to do that. Um, what processes do I need to document? Yeah. So you can even take this <laughs> off me. Uh, what are the what's the knowledge and skills that you need to build up? And therefore, how how are we going to do that? What's the onboarding process that we're gonna go through to get you set up with that? But ultimately, that's what's freed up my time, right? That's what's enabled me to grow a globally distributed remote team. Uh, it work, you know. With I've got team members in Venezuela, and US, and Canada, and Sweden, and Spain, and Italy, and Kenya, and India, and UK, and so on. And yet, the fact that we're not uh, in the same room or even same country. Doesn't mean that they're not able to develop and take on these responsibilities and deliver amazing value. You know, we've just picked the best talent that we could we could find and then developed them into these roles. And ultimately, it means that I've been able to become not operationally required day to day in the business, which is often the dream that businesses yeah. have. Mm-hmm. Um, is then the challenge of what you do after that? Yeah. <laughs> in, my, in my brings us on to my next business. next question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's the plan? <laughs>
1: Uh, well, in, in my case, we've then started another business, right? We're mm. we're now building Air Manual. Uh, but um, uh, one thing that's been really nice as part of that journey is, particularly with Air Manual, one of the things that I think I'm it's uh, more appropriate for me to do with this particular business with with Air Manual is to help people understand the the how and the why and and so on. Help. Business leaders to understand what are the steps that you need to go through to get to a point where you can scale your team and what are the steps you can do to reduce the stress. And so I'm really enjoying delivering workshops, uh, speaking at events, uh, speaking on podcasts, running our our weekly workshops and uh, podcasts and so on ourselves. And increasingly, that's kind of where I'm seeing my time is best spent. That's my that's my highest value activities is getting out there, meeting fantastic people, sharing the messages, helping people addressing their next biggest problems, and uh, yeah, and then helping kind of craft how our business better serve those. So as long as I'm doing that, I'm I'm happy, and uh, uh, there there becomes less risk of me messing around with the businesses and ruining them.
0: It sounds like you are definitely enjoying the journey, Alexis. And, and that was one of the the things we said that's really important in this. And whatever you're doing, it's it's not so much focusing on the goal, as you said. It's about enjoying the process because it doesn't matter what the goal is that you've set. There's always going to be new new things, new problems, new challenges that arise that you then have to navigate even when you've reached it, so amazing
1: absolutely even if the new problem is what to do with all the money (laughs) (laughs) which is a genuine challenge that you can that you can get to it like once it seems weird and kind of embarrassing to like say it but like you do get to a point when you you know when you grow the business to a certain point you do start to encounter new problems like I remember getting to the point where we go hang on like aren't there those sort of Financial credit protection schemes that like only protect the first eighty-five thousand in the bank account, and we've got like six figures, mm. um, you know, multiple six figures. Like we need surely we should be doing something about yeah. this. <laughs> like it's it's funny when you then have it's just new problems, and it's um generally better quality problems. I prefer that as a problem rather than oh my god, I need to make everyone redundant and mm. go get a job. Um, but the you do just get new new challenges, and that, yeah. I think as you say that that's why. You have to enjoy that journey, and just have, have to enjoy each problem that you come to solve because you never get to a point where there's none. And frankly, if you do, poor. Yeah. I, I do not look forward to that day. That no. day sounds boring. Yeah, it's interesting.
0: <laughs> I think in business and in life, really. Yeah, it's right. it kind of goes hand in hand. So, yeah, real um, real value there and real insight. So, thank you for sharing um so where can people find you and follow you if they want to reach out sure so uh, if anyone's
1: interested in the the uh two business software businesses that i mentioned there's SpiderGap, which is at www.spidergap.com then we've got air manual which is the tool for documenting processes and onboarding a uh, simple interactive checklist uh, we also provide consulting services to help uh, businesses to, to create their processes and so on and that's available at airmanual.co and uh, the other thing i'd recommend that people do is follow me on social media i'm very active on particularly linkedin and facebook i'm also semi-active on twitter and instagram and increasing uh, what i'm doing there i encourage people to to reach out you know connect connect with me send me a message if. If uh, if you've enjoyed this episode and found it useful, you know, send me a message with some of your thoughts or or perhaps share a post and, and tag me in. I'd love to see it. And uh, yeah, very, very happy to engage and have a conversation about the kind of challenges that you to solve as well. So just reach out. It's Alexis Kingsbury. There's not many of us out there, so you'll be able to find us, Alexis Kingsbury.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today, Alexis. It's been awesome speaking to you.
1: Oh, my absolute pleasure. No, it's I've really, really enjoyed it, and ultimately, uh, you know, we've to- talked a lot about a lot of my core values uh, and the businesses uh, and the values that we have in the business like our number one is focus on impact number five is enjoy the journey yeah. <laughs> so uh we uh you know it's it, it's so amazing just to be able to help more people out there uh, indeed we we've got some uh, workshops that are running each week that are available for free we've got uh, a scorecard that can be used to help diagnose where in your business you most need to, to de-stress and unlock growth and, uh, and also we've got podcasts, so rec- highly recommend people check out airmanual.co to see some of those or connect with me on, uh, on social media to, to, to learn more. And uh, I'm very, very happy to, to help in any way I can. And of course, if, uh, if you or your listeners have got more questions, uh, do just give us a shout.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, and I will be checking out Air eh, Manual.
1: <laughs> oh, fantastic! <laughs> I'll be yeah, having a no. proper
0: look. <laughs> fantastic, yeah, no,
1: it'll it'll cer- certainly help you to uh, to continue to document the, those processes and help you continuous improvements. On yeah, I'd love love to work with you on that, Danielle.
0: Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks again, Alexis.
1: Absolute pleasure. Thank you.